how my father was in politics, or as usual. <laughs> but <laughs> politics and my father was the same. <laughs> he was not interested in any other things. That's Tamar Argov de Groot, the daughter of Meir Argov, a World War II veteran and a Petah Tikva-based labor organizer who loved chazanut, or cantorial music, and was Israel's first and longest-serving chairman of the Knesset's Foreign Affairs and Defense Committee. Hey, I'm Mishi Harman, and this is Israel Story. Israel Story is brought to you by the Jerusalem Foundation and the Times of Israel. So, Israel is 75, and we feel this is a moment for us to step back and take stock, to ask where we came from, where we are, and where, for God's sake, we're going. And in order to answer those questions, we decided to go back to the basics. Our series, Signed, Sealed, Delivered, looks at our founding moral compass, Megillat Ha'atzmaut, or the Declaration of Independence. 37 people signed Megillat Ha'atzmaut. And over the course of the past several months, our team has diligently tracked down and interviewed the closest living relative of each one of these signatories. We talked about their ancestors and families, about the promise of the Declaration, the places in which we delivered on that promise, the places in which we exceeded our wildest dreams, and also about the places where we fell short. And it is through these descendants of the men and women who, with a strike of a pen, gave birth to this country of ours, that we wish to learn something about ourselves. Today we'll meet Meir Argov and his daughter, Tamar Argov de Groot. She'll present one of the many political perspectives we'll be featuring throughout the series. We'll be right back. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. The Technion Israel Institute of Technology is where some of Israel's brightest minds ask the biggest question of all. What if? What if they could take on the world's biggest challenges? What if they could develop life-changing environmental, scientific, health, medical, and technological discoveries that will make a huge impact on Israel and the planet? But they don't just ask the question, they answer it too. They turn those ideas into reality. They make them happen. To see just some of the incredible things they've achieved, get the Technion Booklet of Wonders at ats.org wonders. We hope it inspires you to give them your support so they can keep doing what they do best. The American Technion Society. World-changing discoveries by Israel's brightest minds made possible by you.
Hey listeners, it's Mishi. This week, we released our 50th wartime diary. Next week is Yom HaZikaron and Yom HaTzmaut. And as a way of marking this milestone, and these dates, Yochai Meital and I will have a series of onstage conversations in New York and Cleveland. We'll discuss the process of creating wartime diaries, talk about some of the challenges we've encountered, the dilemmas we've had, the insights we've gained. So if you want to hear what covering the evolving story of this war has been like for us, we'd love to see you at one of our events. All the details are on our site, israelstory.org. And meanwhile, wishing us all calm and peaceful days ahead. Okay, we're back. Here's Italian journalist Federica Sasso with Tamar Argov de Groot, Meir Argov's daughter. Meir Argov was born as Meir Grabovsky in Ribnitsa, Bessarabia, in 1905. At the age of 14, while his family was fleeing civil unrest in the region, his father Yeshayahu, a learned man and a grain salesman, was murdered on the road to Alexandria. His remains, in what Argov once called the Land of Blood, were only recovered several months later. Argov himself attended a cheder, a gymnasium, and the University of Kiev. As a prominent young leader in both the Chalutz and the Tseretzion youth movements, he was repeatedly arrested by the Russian secret police and was ultimately deported to Mandatory Palestine in December 1924. A reprieve of sorts, as the much more common option was being exiled to Siberia. Here, in the land of Israel, he worked in the orange groves of Nestziona and Petartikva. And later became a fiery labor leader as the secretary of the Petach Tikva Council of Workers. He was active in Ben Gurion's Labour Party, Mapai, and even served on the Petach Tikva Municipal Council as the representative. Though he was already married and a father to 12-year-old Tamar, in 1941 he volunteered for service in the Palestine Regiment of the British Army. At first, the mostly Jewish enlistees of the 14th Infantry Company spent their days marching around local parade grounds and guarding warehouses, adhering, he later wrote, to a routine riddled with, quote, suffering, boredom, indifference, and despair. Only in November 1944, as part of the newly founded Jewish Brigade, was he finally deployed, reaching Italy and inching towards the actual front. In an essay called Lit Candles in the Jewish Sector, he described his first glimpse of German soldiers. They were POWs dressed in rags, being rowed out of the harbor of Taranto. But their sorry state didn't fool him. Argov wondered whether, among them, quote, 
are those who crushed the skulls of Jews and showed their valor by slaughtering women and children. He and his fellow Jewish comrades did nothing, he recalled, but seal in their hearts a breath of fury. Over the course of the next few months, the brigade was, at last, thrown into combat. In April 1945, they fought their way across the Senio River, helping win one of the last battles of the war in Italy. The Jewish brigade, which consisted of some 5,000 soldiers, lost 57 men. During a short break from the action, Argov found time to visit the tomb of Dante Alighieri in Ravenna. Writing in his journal that the great medieval poet could never have dreamt that our generation would be put through a hell so awful it would far surpass the daring imagination of the envisioner of purgatory himself. After the war, he helped organize illegal Jewish immigration to Palestine and, as a member of the National Council, prepared the local postal service for independence. Since neither the name of the state to be nor the name of its currency had been determined, designing its inaugural stamps could have been a difficult task. But nothing, not even the lack of a name, was going to stop Argov, David Remes and their fellow Zionist leaders. It was soon decided that the first stamps would bear the heading of Doar Ivri, or Hebrew Post, and wouldn't depict illustrations of landmarks or landscapes, since, after all, no one knew what the borders of the new state would ultimately be, and which regions would, or wouldn't, end up being part of the country. Instead, the stamps, which were designed by Ute Valish, who, incidentally, also designed the scroll of the Declaration of Independence, featured images of ancient Jewish coins from the first and second revolts against the Romans. Issued hastily and under suboptimal conditions, some prints contained spelling mistakes and discolorations. Nevertheless, on the whole, the mission was a success, and the stamps were officially released on Sunday, May 16, 1948, the country's very first day of business. Today, unsurprisingly, full sets of the original nine Doar Ivory stamps sell for hundreds of thousands of shekels. Argov, who was both a lifelong Mapai party member and a traditional Jew who often led services in Estiona on the holidays, called the day of the Declaration of Independence a Genesis moment. He was elected to the first Knesset and appointed chairman of the powerful Foreign Affairs and Defense Committee, a role he held till his sudden death of a heart attack in 1963. Here he is, in 1961, discussing the tenuous nature of the nascent country. A country can be lost. There was a first temple, a second temple, and now, okay, there is a third one. To suppose that a fourth temple will be founded if the third one is destroyed, that is something I cannot do. It seems to me that if it is destroyed, it's unlikely there'll be a fourth one. I'm Tamar de Grot. I was born in Tel Aviv, 
I'm the daughter of Meir Argov. I'm the only child and my parents also were here alone because they were expelled from Russia as youngsters. Both of them had no family here in Israel. They lived very, very poor, but he was proud of it. His first name was Grabowski, and all the time he did not want to change it because he said, what will be if someone after the war, because he lost all his family. So maybe some of my relatives will come to this place and he asked for Grabowski and no one will know it because I'll be Argov, because Ben-Gurion said to my father, you have to be Hebrew name. The relationship between them was equal, and we live not far from each other. Ben-Gurion used to write on every book that belongs to him. He wrote his name, so everyone has to know that it belongs to him. And he had a lot of books of the Mein Kampf, and because it belongs to him, it's written Ben-Gurion on the book. We were neighbors, and Ben-Gurion has a lot of books, so my father used to come to him to see the books and so on. And he gave him, as a gift, Mein Kampf with the sign of Ben-Gurion. My grandson found it, and he said, What? Mein Kampf with Ben-Gurion? You see... The Haganah sent him at the beginning to the British army to be a soldier. When he was in the British army, I knew that if I write him just a regular letter, you know, as a child writing to her father, yeah, okay, it's not interesting for him. So I was reading the newspaper before I was writing him a letter and then I wrote him what's going on in the country and so on. And he was so proud of me after that. I met people that were with him in the same tent. And they said every time that he got a letter from me and I was telling him what's going on in the politics and so on. And they all remember. I met someone long after he died. And he said, you know, he was with him in the army, and he was so proud to read your letters, because I knew that if I'm writing, yeah, I'm going to school, I'm going to, it will not interest him at all. He was in politics. That was all his life. He even did not know how old I am. <laughs> I know that once uh, when he came back from the army and I came late home and he said, what? She should not come so late. And my mother said, she's 16 years old. He thought that I'm a small child. At the beginning of the foundation of Israel, I knew everyone personally. <laughs> I'm old enough to know them. I'm smiling that he's uh, signing the Israeli declaration. Now we feel it. Then we thought it's natural because he was in the group of the leaders. So 
should sign, but now we understand that it is unique. In the War of Independence, I was in the Palmach. I fought in the way to Jerusalem, and Shoresh was our base. He was in the Badalumi, the Jewish National Council, and he went to Jerusalem then, and he met me, and he was very proud. After the war, I went back to school for another year, and then I became a teacher here in Jerusalem. I was a teacher all my life. He was in politics. That was his life, and this was his thinking. In those times, I was very interested and very proud of what's going on. Now the politics is less interesting to me. People that are in the high places are not reliable at all. I don't believe them. I am very sorry what's going on. My father died very early. He was 60 years old. Oh, you will not believe what, what's going on here in politics. Politics are so changed from those times. The declaration was after the regime of the British. People were thinking more about country than about themselves. And if he was here, he would be very, very sorry about this. He will be ashamed. I'm sorry that I fought for a country that is not what he wanted to be. And I also don't believe in. I wish for Israel to be more clean from cheating. <laughs> you see, I fought for Israel. We fought here very hard. I was born here. <laughs> it's my country. We lived in, in America, but I didn't like America at all. I was too Israeli. <laughs> he thought that everyone that can live here should live here. That was his dream of his life. Do I want my children to live here? How and how? <laughs> I'm sorry that one child is living in Holland. He went to the country of his father. <laughs> but <laughs> my father will be proud that Israel is Israel. With the fault, with the things that he did not think about. We have our own country. It's the biggest achievement of the Jews in the world. We interviewed Tamar Argov de Groot last December in her home in Jerusalem. Five weeks later, on January 31st, 2023, she passed away at the age of 93. This, it turned out, was her final interview. Mitch Ginsberg and Lev Cohen 
are the senior producers of Signed, Sealed, Delivered. Our staff also includes Yochai Meital, Zev Levi, Adina Karpuch, Jamal Rishek, Hadas Kidron, Shoshana Sara, Shira Shans Khalil, Ross Bordeaux, Yael Ben Chorin, Jennifer Cutler, and Rotem Tzin. Sela Weisblum is our sound engineer. Zev Levi scored and sound designed the episode, with music from Blue Dot Sessions. Our music consultants are Tomer Kariv and DJ Yoni Turner. And our dubber is Leon Feldman. The episode was recorded in our very own Nomi Studios. You can catch up on all our regular Israel Story episodes, as well as the other signed, sealed, delivered minisodes on our site, israelstory.org, or by searching for Israel Story wherever you get your podcasts. You can and should also check out our home at timesofisrael.com slash podcasts. And, of course, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all under Israel Story. If you're interested in sponsoring episodes of Israel Story, email us at sponsor at israelstory.org. This series is dedicated to the memory of my beloved father, David Harmon, who was a true believer in the values of the Declaration of Independence, in Zionism, in democracy, and most of all, inequality. I'm Mishi Harman, and we'll be back next time with another installment of Signed, Sealed, Delivered, and a completely different perspective on Israel's Declaration of Independence. Till then, Shalom Shalom, and Yalla Bye! כל הדרכים הן מובילות לרומא, על כן ילדה אסור להתייעץ. כל הדרכים הן מובילות לרומא, וייתכן ברומא ניפגש. שם נטייל בצל הקתדרלה, כיכר סן פטר של הוותיקן. האפיפיור וכל הקרדינלים אינם חולמים אפילו שאנחנו כאן. זוג מאוהב שני סברס מכנען, לוט ואמנון מעמק ישראל, עושים טיול שלא עשו אף פעם. אלה שער טיטוס בחצות הליל, ותחת שער טיטוס בצל העתיקות, תפרחנה נשיקות, מה יש עוד אליך קוד? הוי טיטוס, טיטוס, נו אתה ראית, למטריומף, למשירי הלל, על יד השער שאתה בנית, סוג מאוהב מארץ ישראל. על יד השער שכבוד האימפרטור אז בנית, זוג חיילים דווקא מארץ ישראל. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. 
so you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1, only from Rust-Oleum.